Welcome. We trust you will be encouraged by this message from Mahesh and Bonnie Chavda, presented by Chavda Ministries International. Real love, real people, real power. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. So good. We can be celebrating the goodness of God together through the means of communion, the body and the blood of Jesus, the Lamb of God. John the Baptist sees Jesus and says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes the sins of the whole world. And that's also part of our mantle to be able to, with the anointing, to proclaim to the nations, Behold the Lamb of God who gives us eternal life, who forgives all our sins. He extends his hand to heal us, break every shadow, every curse. We have been focusing on the Apostles' Creed for the last few weeks, and today we have the privilege of concluding the, what we have been observing. We have put it into different sections, and near the end of the creed, it, you know, we go on and say, the third day he rose again from the dead, Jesus said, but Jesus, he ascended into heaven, sits on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, from whence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the church universal, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. So we have, last week, we had the privilege of looking at the resurrection of the body. So we are going to conclude our focus on it, not that we are not going to return in the future on this wonderful subject of the Apostles' Creed. But the last word there, thought, we believe the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Say life everlasting. Life everlasting. That, which is unique. It's, it's um, a lot of stuff that people say, well, people, go, as they die, they, that's it. <laughs> Whereas uh, we see from the amazing story of Jesus at Calvary, of Easter, is the time that we really focus on that subject, how Jesus took all our hurts and sins, curses, and he took all the pain on the Calvary. He was crucified, dead. He died there, he dead and buried. We have gone to the place where they think traditionally Jesus was buried in Jerusalem. It's quite a place where we've had the privilege to take communion at that place. It, they do provide uh, where you can take communion with your group. And looking at Jesus, I mean, it's so wonderful that it's real. He did go through that. That's Jesus, because, I mean, we even changed our calendar in the year of our Lord, da 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 da. But, uh, so it's it's turn it based on Easter events, the events of the resurrection. But as you uh, 
in that context, and as I've had the, really the privilege of being uh, the officiating pastor a few times when uh, people, some of them, the dearest of friends, have died. We give a eulogy, etc. But the, the thought is I know that I know that they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that this is not the end. It's to be continued. Have you, have you seen some television shows? <laughs> to be continued next week. And you see the conclusion of the story. Well, for each of you, for each of us here today, we can say, when we, when we die, the story continues. It's not, this is the end. And it's based, the foundation of this is based on the message of the Lord Jesus, the word he gives us, and his own events in his life. That Christ we see, he's, he died, he was buried, he resurrected on the third day. And that there is everlasting life after death. Uh, so, so some see this as we go through life, that death is a final stage in sense it goes on in eternity. Uh, so through Calvary and through the Lord Jesus, we have assurance in Scripture for a life beyond death, eternal life with Jesus Christ. That's what Scripture tells us. And in Job 19, verse 25, it, goes, it says, I know that my Redeemer liveth. It says, and also in 2 Corinthians, for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our, our house, which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we, we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened not for that we would be unclothed, but be clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. So, and uh, the apostle tells us, in 2 Corinthians, to be absent in the body is to be a present mm -hmm. with the Lord. So our eternal home is with the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's such an amazing, wonderful assurance for each of us. Um, so one day Jesus comes and by his mighty anointing and miracle power, raises and reshapes and transforms our mortal bodies back to life eternal. Uh, and uh, from dust and decay, he reanimates us, reconstructs that which was dead, and it's risen up, resurrected, and life everlasting is there as a fruit. Uh, so, Theologians, scientists, preachers, regular people, 
have thought about and talked about and wondered about whether mortal life, human life in the body is all there is. And even in the midst of all of the world's philosophies and histories of world religions, there is only one revelation that stands above all the rest. And that is the Christian gospel because historically, the man, Jesus, did live. He is recorded even in the uh, recognized and celebrated Roman historians of the day. And he was crucified, dead, and buried. And over 500 people saw him, talked with him, walked with them, some ate with them, some saw him walk through walls after being dead for three days. And that is the beginning of the revelation of what God has intended for us, for the human race, for the heavens, and for the earth. And that is a new one where death dies, where entropy is vanquished, where everything that would make a human being sigh out of weariness or grief or disappointment or shed tears over pain or loss or betrayal or have sorrow of any kind over injustices, that have occurred or hopes that have been dashed or dreams that have not been fulfilled. And it is in the reality, the truth, the revelation of the gospel and in Jesus Christ that we hold this sure and certain knowledge that in our future, for simply believing in him, we will possess, receive, and be clothed with something new. Say new. new. And new means new. New heavens, new earth. New bodies. You know, when Jesus came up, you read the accounts that we have of people who saw him and even who knew him. And in some cases, they recognized him immediately. In some cases, they didn't have a clue who he was until he spoke with them. So his body was not exact, it was new. It was not exactly the body that was crucified and that he died in. However, they saw those marks on his body from that crucifixion. You will have, you will be clothed with something new. And something will continue. And that will be the you that is you. The Lord in his infinite glory and mercy as our father, as our creator, as our king, as this loving one whose power and bounds and imagination and intent for us is far beyond, as 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, no eye has seen. It hasn't been seen yet. What God has already prepared 
Jesus said in John 15, I'm going now. The Father and I are making a place, a new place. Right after the resurrection, it began when Jesus ascended. Been working on it for over 2,000 years. Glory, hallelujah. That's one building project that we don't mind if it takes a long time. No eye has seen, no ear, yeah. nobody's ever spoken what it will be ultimately. It hasn't entered into the imagination of the heart of man. And I'll tell you, we can imagine a lot of good stuff. And it, none of that has ever attained to the reality. And Paul is actually quoting, I, I just, man, the glory is so awesome. And I so appreciate my church family, Michael, the worship team. Dennis, today, as you were singing, I had a picture, a flash in my spirit that really describes what my personal experience is. When you step forward and, and lead us in worshiping, you were climbing. You were like a, a mountain climber, the, and you were climbing a absolutely straight-up rock wall, just <laughs> climbing. And I was attached by, you know, all the climbing ropes and all that stuff. And I, I was below you, attached. But your strength and your absolute fixation on reaching the top was also drawing me up after you. And in, it, it was, it's such a picture of one of the things that happens to me when we come together in corporate worship. I so cherish you and your faith, all of you, and our worship together because I get a complete renewal just being together with you in worship and a, a revitalization. But in that picture, the thing we know about you, Dennis, is that you have your eyes fixed on a prize that is not of this world. And that's what we get from you always in your confession, in your worship, in your proclamation. You have fixed your eyes on your eternal reward. But Paul is quoting Isaiah 64, which starts with, oh, that you, Lord, would rend the heavens and come down and then to make your name known to your adversaries and that the nations may tremble at your presence. You've done awesome things for which we did not look. You came down, and then he says, for since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear nor have seen with the eye any God besides you who acts for the one who waits for him. And we're waiting. We're waiting for Jesus to appear. We're not just waiting for him to answer our prayers. Now, we are literally waiting for something that is so far higher beyond this present life in any of our hopes, dreams, or expectations. And let your heart take courage today and be renewed in where our eyes are fixed and why it's worth every day continuing to believe in the Lord and obey him and trust and hope in his word. It is because our eyes are fixed on a very high place that he is bringing us to through the and work of Jesus. And, it, and it, in it goes on to say, nor has the eye seen any God besides you who acts for the one who waits for them. And then he says, you meet him 
who rejoices and does righteousness and remembers you in your ways. And one of the things, sorry, Pastor, but one of the, one of the things I um, came across recently, you know, there, there are these testimonies of people who die and come back that see the Lord go to heaven and die and come back. And there, I mean, there, there are lots of them. I've never, you know, looked into a lot of them. And by accident, I came across one a couple of weeks ago by this guy named Diamond Jim Woodford who died of a drug overdose, basically, from complications from Guillain-Barre syndrome and was dead for 11 hours. And he was not a believer, but as he was dying, he suddenly had this epiphany that never in his life had he thanked God for all the goodness he had received. And as he was dying, he said, God, thank you. And from that moment, he, he literally died, but his person went outside of his body. He died in his truck in a field. And he was standing, looking around, and he said, suddenly I felt like a heavy cloak had been lifted off of me. I was absolutely free of pain. I was completely rejoicing. The grass smelled good, and everything was so bright, and the birds were singing there as he was standing in his field. He turned around, and he looks at his truck, and there's some guy in his truck and it was him that had died. But he goes on to tell of his encounter, and there are so many similarities that have happened with people who have died and then come back to tell about it, who have gone to what we call heaven. But our theological thinking has not properly seen, heard, or imagined this idea of heaven. And eternal life, everlasting life, is a different kind of life than mortal life. It's a different kind of life than just being reconstitu reconstituted as human beings. It's a different kind of life than our mind, will, and emotions, that unseen part of us that is our personality. It's a higher life. It is a new life, a different life. And we have not fully experience that life. We get little taste because the spirit that raised Jesus is in us and will raise us. But we need to allow the excitement and the conviction of what is coming ultimately through our salvation to infuse us every day with hope, with faith, and with love. When 1 Corinthians describes what love is, and it's patient and kind, and it's not jealous, and there's no anger, and there's no vengeance, and it's, it believes everything and hopes everything and all of those kind of things, the best description of what that new, that Zoe life, that new different kind of life, will be living in, walking in, in a literal manifestation of everything that love is in absolute freedom and rejoicing and ecstasy and its eternal everlasting life is infinity life. It's something other than 
just being alive again as we know it now. And I saw in your notes, Pastor, you uh, had written down Job 19. And Job is one of the first in the Bible that talk about this immortal or everlasting life. And it's interesting, if you look at that chapter, he is rehearsing all of the horrible, disappointed things that have come down on his human life. And right at the end of this litany of stuff, he says, but I want to tell you something. I know that my Redeemer lives. And he says that he will stand in the last days as the victor king on the earth in the midst of creation. And then Job says, and I will have a body and my eyes will behold him personally. I mean, it's so powerful. Jim Woodford, like many people that have died, and I don't even know if I want to say go to heaven anymore because, like, you know, I was thinking there was a movie years ago with Warren Beatty, of all things, called Heaven Can Wait. I think I put a picture of it up there. But Hollywood has portrayed heaven like this. Oh, God forbid, and I'm sorry, but if Warren Beatty's there in charge of anything, that's not where I want to go. <laughs> but, you know, there's white, everybody's in white, and it's just sort of homogenous and all that. No, your individuality, your specialness will be utterly fulfilled in completion beyond what you can imagine. God wants you with him forever. And... It will be utter fulfillment. He is the creator, creativity. One of the things of one of our sons that, you know, they're very creative people and they're like, you know, what if, what if all my dreams in this life aren't fulfilled? Well, guess what? There's going to be beyond, beyond fulfillment and completion of all that you could possibly hope for or dream of. And that's the sure thing. And, and these guys who die and come back say that one of the uniquenesses is that they encounter angels. Jim Woodford, his guardian angel, when he hugged his guardian angel, he smelled like tapioca, warm tapioca. Well, when he was a little kid, his grandmother would make warm tapioca for him. He'd come home from school in the winter and the house would be filled with this smell and all would be right with the world. But it's, it's those unique little kinds of things. And one of the other ones is that he had horses and he loved horses and there are horses in heaven. We also have conjectured that there are dogs also. Of course. But that, and that's the point. And, I mean, we can imagine some of these things, and it's even beyond, beyond. Say infinity. It's like Buzz Lightyear. To infinity and beyond. It's the death of death. It's not going to heaven like Warren Beatty pictured it. It will be the completion of purpose. Say purpose. Be assured, purpose. You are going to create you're going to rule. You're going to judge angels. You're going to see every injustice of the earth being brought into complete 
ju righteous judgment. Oh, my goodness. There's so much to be excited about. It will be full participation with God in personality, in power, in expansion of self into a deeper reality, in discovery. It is the opposite of emptying. We see this, a glimpse of this with different prophets. Um, some, we find, did not, they were not really dead. And, but these guys, they had a death experience but came back. So they see amazing similarities. Uh, grass is, they see different kinds of grass. And, you saw uh, that grass. Yeah. And uh, amazing light that's living and singing to you. And uh, you're part of this awesome restoration. Uh, Ezekiel saw this. I, I wanted to, this is one of my favorite scriptures here where it says, The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. And it's a kind of hint about what the Lord one day, even if we, if we are not alive, we are buried, doesn't matter, and caused me to pass by these bones roundabout, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, lo, they were very dry. So this is the valley of dry bones, of humans. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus said the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and I will bring up flesh upon you, cover you with skin, put breath in you, you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then he said unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man. And say to the wind, Thus said the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came unto them, and they lived, stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army. So that is part of the glimpse that Ezekiel had. We call it the valley of dry bones. And uh, we find... 1 Corinthians 15, verse 20, the Paul, the apostle tells us, but I know Christ is risen, and my, that Christ is, not only risen, but he's, that's the whole resurrection chapter, and he tells us what happens in the resurrection, and we will know, in a sense, uh, are we going to know each other? Yes, but it's almost the appearance slightly changes for the better. And I think uh, we can conjecture about things. But uh, my website, I won't mind my being website able to walk through is, walls. My website is 
good-looking evangelist. Mm -hmm. So when I am resurrected, it'll be even better-looking evangelist. <laughs> but will you still be an evangelist? Well, yeah. We'll be prophesying to the planets. I'll Come be on. With, with William Shatner. I'll, I'll go, go with out. that one. Yeah. Star I'll, Trek. I'll go with that one. Time will end. Think about that one. Because time is a tyrant. Ta you will be freed from the tyranny of time. As well as gravity. Say new. New. It's completely different. It will be completely different. It's not even a returning to the Garden of Eden before the fall of man. It's new. It's something beyond the beyond. And one of the other aspects that we, the, the, the foundation and roots of which are in the messianic expectation of Israel and all the promises of God that they received as their prophetic uh, future and landed it all in the expectation of a human king that would come. But those prophecies were absolutely true in every way. And in all of them, the prophets were projecting even beyond a human fulfillment. Because as we know, when the fulfillment came, it was in Jesus Christ beyond a human fulfillment. But one of the major aspects of all of the messianic promises about when God's king comes and rules he will have complete victory over all of his enemies. That every king, ruler, principality, power that has destroyed the earth, that has oppressed the human race, that has done injustice, every one of them will be brought to bow in his presence and will be witnessed by all of those who serve and follow the king. And that one is one that we need to also have embedded in our hearts because when we look at the ignorance and injustices and insanities of rulers and kings and our own in seasons like this one where we have an administration that any rational human being could look at the abject policies and say, that makes no sense. That is a destroyer of the people you have vowed to serve. Well, one of these days. <laughs> but the messianic promises were all that this king would come and put everything right. And it wouldn't be like, oh, okay, it's okay. No, there will be vindication. Say vindication. And man, I, you know, I, I appreciate what Jesus said about you know, love your enemies and pray for them and give them your coat when they take your shirt and all that. And I, it's one thing when it's one-on-one -on -one personal. But when it comes to kings and rulers doing it to nations, I believe there's a different standard. And I think it's manifest in the word of God. But judgment will be in his, in his hands. And he will judge. There is a time where the normal things happening will will stop, and he will judge the wicked. The rejoicing that we see 
and particularly in John's revelation. The rejoicing of the saints is specifically over these two things. We have been redeemed by your blood and you now have brought justice concerning your enemies and the kings of the earth. And so that... Sure, but the, at this present time, I mean, it's, it's something that fascinating somewhat that there is a time, for example, this whole movement that wants to uh, abort babies. Yeah. As a young pastor, very, very young, just beginning, but I knew God was for life. And there was a literal young lady that got pregnant. She was 17. And everything in her wanted to get an abortion. And as a pastor, I, she came for counseling. I said, there are so many ways that so we can avoid abortion, that this, this baby wants to live. And so there are agencies that there are so many families who would love to adopt that that's the alternative. But this whole thing of babies being used, you know, I mean, some of the information, by the way, that I'm not saying yes or no about the, the jabs, the vaccinations, but some have been made with elements from aborted babies. And so it's, it's something that could make us pause. Yeah, I mean, I'm chasing a rabbit here, but anyway, we will. There are places in heaven, it says, that the Lord himself takes care of these babies. We, we heard years ago from a woman, in, a poor, illiterate woman in Africa, Domitella, who died in the middle of a, a prayer meeting in her home with her friends. And the Holy Spirit spoke to them and said, don't bury her, I'm going to bring her back. And they laid her on the kitchen table and continued to pray. And in Africa, you know, I mean, her body started smelling and going. Well, sure enough, three days later, she took a breath and opened her eyes and set up. And one of the amazing things, now this woman in the deep bush of Africa, completely illiterate, she told of a number of things that she saw, and they were very similar to elements in Jim Woodford's testimony, for instance, the thing of suddenly a heavy cloak was taken off of her. She said it was like the skin of a dead cow that got taken off of her. That was her body, her mortal body, if you imagine. I mean, even in our best, best days when we feel really great physically, if in actuality that is like the carcass of a dead cow laying on us that we're gonna be freed from. These are aspects of eternal life, but both she, she said that there were these children, lots and lots of children, and they were carrying instruments that had been used to kill them. And they met their murderers face to face with these instruments. It blew our minds because th that happened in the early 80s uh, when we met her and she was talking to us about these things. When she came back, by the way, she could both read and write. And she'd been illiterate. I mean, so many powerful. But Jim Woodford also said that his, the angels, his guardian angel, took him and there was this 
building and not made out of regular stone, that all the stones are like living things full of light, of materials that are just glorious. But there was this one beautiful building and it, ha it was like surrounded. One of the things he said again and again was these clouds of golden glory. We saw, we saw that around Ben when he was in the hospital and um, the Lord came and took away his pain supernaturally. We saw it around my mother when she passed from this life in, uh, to the arms of the Lord. But anyway, he said that there's the, the, these places, just the clouds of golden glory. And this one unique building, and, and he said, what is that place? And they, the angel said, that's the nursery. And he went, nursery? And he said, yeah. He said that all of the, the souls, the suke life, the mind, will, and emotion, that non-physical part who is every person, personality, that's where the souls of every child who died, by any means, come, and they said this uniquely, that they, they're taken care of there. They grow at three times the rate, and apparently that when they reach the fullness of perfection that we will all be, and, you know, I don't know if it's going to be 33 or whatever it is, but that then they, you know, go out of the nursery. But... One of the things that Jim was saying is that when mothers or fathers who have lost children or maybe even have in their own history a time in their life when they themselves, you know, had an abortion or um, a child has, you know, died or, or been taken or something through terrible tragedies, to actually realize there is eternal life, life a different life. Thing for all and of these little ones. The, our resurrected bodies will be perfect and it's suited for eternal life. And there, as we talk about life everlasting, in that realm, no more death, yeah. no more pain, no more sickness, no exhaustion, tiredness, hunger, thirst, and nothing to do with the negatives of human life. We'll be like Jesus, immortal, imperishable, incorruptible. It says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 21, Who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself? So he is the one. He changes our mortal bodies changes them into glorious bodies, like his own, using the same power with which he will be bringing everything under his control. So he is the supreme authority, and therefore, you know, it gives us full oomph, commissioning to be part of a body of believers, a church, to share the good news of yeah. Jesus Christ to every believer. Uh, and to hold on to it. It's your greatest treasure, your best possession. Don't let anybody, anything rob you from your sure and certain reward and hope. Amen. And the Bible gives us 
not a whole, I mean, volumes and volumes <laughs> explicating how the eternal life is. There are so many unknowns, but we get glimpses. And uh, some of these things, the Lord will not tell us everything, just a few truths. It is brief. Uh, one day we will experience all of these things. And the righteous in Christ will enjoy fellowship in the Lord's very presence. So he's, he will take these mortal bodies and transform them. And uh, we release those who determine not to receive Christ to the Lord's mercy. And some who just say, I, I don't want anything to do with Jesus. Eventually, there'll be eternal separation uh, from God. So everyone, wicked and righteous, have life, but mm -hmm. there's forever separation. In life as, as existent persons, yeah. Oof. So... For us who believe, there's a living, glorious, secure hope. And uh, we have, here we have our physical bodies. One day we'll have our resurrected bodies. One is perishable. The other is imperishable. One is sown in weakness. The other is raised up in power. One is natural, the other is spiritual. We are from the dust, Adam is an example, but one day we'll be from heaven, which is our eternal place of dwelling. Uh, Jesus said, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. I remember when, just talking about it and just say, you know, the world was created, the earth, in seven days. But since the time of the resurrection, it's been 2,000 years plus, he has had time <laughs> to create something magnificent. Um, and as we see in the resurrected body of Jesus, it is, has basically no physical limitations. Mm -hmm. He could walk through walls, all of that. And so we will be like Jesus. And if you're like me, my favorite thing is eating. We will eat with no negative effects. <laughs> Come on. Seriously. I mean, think about the things that bring you joy. There is a reason, a creational reason behind that. And I'm thankful that not only do we get horses and doggies, we get banquets, we get feasts. Yeah. <laughs> so you may want to write down what you would like to have in heaven, what, a, what type of food, because uh, there, there's going to be all kinds of food. The Indian food is going to be the best there over there. But there will, we'll be allowing banquets. We'll have turkeys. <laughs> What are we like ham? I, I hope he allows. I don't know whether ham. Hey, is watch <laughs> out! <laughs> I won't go there because is, is I don't heaven know. Heaven kosher. Mm. 
And 1 Corinthians 2, we'll conclude with the scripture. It says in 1 Corinthians 2, chapter 2, verse 9, No eye has seen, nor ear heard, no mind has conceived what God has conceived, what God has prepared yeah. for those who love him. Yeah. So yeah. That's, it's beyond our, our comprehension. It's awesome love. Laid down his life, but now he has been preparing a place for you. There's one thing that we left out of our conversation so far and everywhere in our notes, and that is relationship and fellowship and the, the reunion with our loved ones. Amy, I was thinking about your mom as we were, we were um, looking at all of this and the great day of reunion with our loved ones. My father... One of, one of my highest joys. And frankly, one of the things that make, uh, make it worth it to not weary in our labor for the Lord is that I'm not going to lose my reward because one day I'm going to see my daddy again. Amen. And that injustice of him having been murdered and taken away from our kids where our, the grandkids didn't get to see him. And relationally, there will be no remorse or regret. So the, the, it's beyond restoration. But there, the recovery of everything that has been lost and in relationships and our loved ones, and all of those things. That will be, again, one of the highest joys. Because, you know, as human beings, even in perfect times with perfect people, there are vacuums, and, and you know, God has made us where no human being can actually make us completely happy or fulfilled. Certainly not at all times. But all of that will cease to be a reality. And we will be in family, in fellowship, and in union with the Lord and those that we have known and loved and a whole lot of perfect persons that we're yet to meet. Amazing. It's, it's going to be just awesome. And it, you can't, there are no more tears. So, Johnny's going to be kissing everybody. Yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> he, he asks permission, but usually, but not for kissing. Kissing is, whether you like it or not, he would kiss you. <laughs> so, and I know Charlene, she was yeah. with the most expert cake maker. She, yeah. I one time had a dream where Charlene was waiting for there in heaven to give me cake. She made some of the best cakes in the world. So and heaven pie. probably smells like carrot cake. Because that woman made the king of carrot cakes. She made some of the greatest <laughs> pound cake, too. She was a That's master. True. So, we, But we're going to see all of these wonderful saints yeah. and maybe sit in on a teaching from Derek Prince. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> it used to be fun. You know what? Knowing Derek, he's probably like, look. I did my part. Now I'm going yeah. to Yeah. Listen to my radio program. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So those two wonderful thoughts at the end of the Apostles' Creed, 
I believe in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Praise God. Say life everlasting. Life everlasting. Say it's supernatural life. It's heaven. Uh, It's glorious. And that's our eternal destiny. So there is an ache when we experience a loved one's death that there is a measure, brief time of separation. But as we love Jesus, he has given us eternal life and those who have asked him. So there is going to be a great, great reunion and wonderful celebration. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, thank you, Father. Just bow your head just for a moment. Thank you for your promise. Everlasting life. And we want to say, we do. We do affirm the fact that Jesus is Lord. We thank you, Lord. Incorruptible life. Life everlasting. We do receive afresh the truth. Jesus is Lord. That every knee bows, every tongue confesses. He is Lord. Thank you, Lord, that in you is hope and joy. And we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. To order more great resources by Mahesh and Bonnie Chavda, visit us at chavdaministries.org. For a full catalog of our products, you can call us at one 800 730 6264. God bless you.